first. No, let me go first. I can't get past you. We can't all go down the slide at the same time. <laughs> Which means we need to take turns. Okay, Tiger. You can go first. And welcome back to the Footy Dashi Podcast. I am Nicholas, and I am here with the newly haircutted Lauren. Lauren, how are you doing? <laughs> Hi, Nicholas. I'm doing great. Thank you. For everyone Lauren. who can't see my hair, I think it looks great. Lauren shaved her head. It's, it's beautiful. She's bald now. Oh, wow. That would be way, way not me. I am not confident in my face shape enough to pull that off. <laughs> so today, um, fo following along that logic, we are going to be talking about the stripped down world of tabletop games. Normally on the podcast, we talk a lot about um, video games because Lauren is a, you know, a video game dev. So that makes sense. And I am her trustee. I'm her. I'm the Sancho to your Don Quixote, I guess. Um, oh my gosh, yeah. I mean, I am crazy enough to be Don Quixote, and you are the rational idea man. But one of the reasons why we wanted to talk about uh, tabletop games in particular, well, from a, we're going to be doing quite a few episodes on tabletop games, in fact. But we wanted to begin with the basics, because in many ways, tabletop games are where f people first encounter the sort of like underlying design logic and design principles that we then see implemented in video games as well. And in, in many ways, uh, tabletop games make them more obvious. Whereas with video games, because a lot of the rule set is implemented by the software, it's more invisible. So we want to actually talk about these things so that way you guys can have like, you know, oftentimes the conversations that we have here on the podcast might be a little bit like, I don't know, kind of high-minded, too theoretical, but we want to look at some specific games some old, some new, some borrowed, some blue. Um, and gosh, that's a really dumb reference. I apologize for that. And sort of to see- Don't apologize. That's <laughs> not a, I mean, it's a it's a reference that if you got it, you got it. And if you don't, you don't. And that's yeah, exactly. it. So Lauren, <clears throat> what kinds of, well, so in the Patreon episode, we're going to be talking about some specific types, but we more precisely wanted to talk about something that is common, not to all, uh, tabletop games, although it's common to most of them, which is the turn. <laughs> yeah. I think last time what we were really harping on is that what are mechanics, right? And we also talked about what are systems. Yeah. And before we get into anything so much as like, what is narrative, right? Which is just a whole other topic that we kind of talk about a lot on the podcast, just in general, right? Yeah. Yeah. But I think that when we look at the actual gameplay of our experiences, I think tabletop gaming is kind of the, it's, it's for me, it's the thing that I realize like you need to kind of give some thought to because it's not a video game where you can kind of see this visual representation. A lot yeah. of top ga tabletop gaming, whether it's a board game, a card game, right? Or, or especially pen and paper games yes. have a theater of the mind. Like there's that imagination yeah. Yeah. that you have to stretch for. 
right? Yes. And that means that we're going to be looking more at those three types versus say something like a Warhammer 40K, which is more of a miniature game. Yeah. That's also somewhat of a board game, but also somewhat of a pen and paper game because yeah. there is yeah. a, I mean, there is a board or a table, well, right? Yeah. And so there I, are, are graphs. So I think that, yeah. I mean, know, but tabletop I, tabletop war gaming is a, is a little bit different. I mean, one because of the hobby aspect of it, you know, because a lot of it is about buying really expensive miniatures and painting, and then buying really expensive paints, and then spending a lot of time not painting them. <laughs> that's that's what that's what the hobby is all about. Um, so there is that aspect of it. But so when we're talking about so we, okay, when we talked about you're right. When we talked about turns before, it was in the context of. Like turns are often described as a mechanic, but you and I came to the conclusion that no, turns are not a mechanic. Right. And I think it's because if you can ever say something is like a turn-based system, yeah. right? Or a turn-paced or turn-driven, right? Gameplay, you're already defining it, right? By itself. You can't define yeah. a mechanic by itself, but there is something that say actions that you take in a, in a board game or in a card game slash board game, like hybrid yeah. where you take turns. And what is the nature of a turn, right? In yeah. tabletop gaming, right? But also in making those types of experiences. Yes. Um, and I honestly, I'm a firm believer in what we've known as paper prototyping, which is yeah. different than paper design. Yeah. A lot of people tend to think of paper design as writing a spec and staying in the theoretical, but that you need to get an engine. When I think of paper designing, I'm actually going so far as to say, put your menu, like if you're making a menu screen, put your menu screen on paper. And like cut up more papers from sticky notes to have people click through the buttons. And yeah. you'll very easily be like, I hate having to go through five sticky notes to get to this entry that I want to see. Yeah. Right. And like, if people just did that on physical paper, I think that they would be like, wow, my menu system sucks. Well, it's Versus a lot, like yeah. on a screen, yeah. you don't get that. And so I yeah. know that that seems very, I'm just trying to abstract it really highly because when you do a pen and paper game or you do board gaming, that's not paper prototyping your board game, right? You actually yeah. are creating a physical product that someone is going to interact with. Yeah. And there are a lot of similarities between a physical product someone interacts with, whether it's cards and those mechanics that you can translate into video game design. And there is obviously, right, gameplay, narrative, mechanics, and systems all worked into that. And the nature yep. of the turn is a great example of that because in board games and pretty much every game <laughs> that isn't yeah. a board game or a card game, you take turns exactly well and so we're so one of the things that we're going to think about today is sort of like what is the nature of the term when we were discussing this earlier it's like why why is turn what 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 make turn but the thing so one of the things that i wanted to sort of jump off of from our it was actually a patreon episode so if you guys want to listen to that discussion you're gonna to have to pay for it sorry but when not we sorry <laughs> sorry sorry not sorry i guess <laughs> because we do need money to keep this thing going um what one of the so we came to the conclusion that a turn is not a mechanic and but one of the things that we didn't really touch on in that episode is why do people think that and i think a lot of it has to do with the fact that in a lot of games a turn is synonymous with one action and so then it can seem like the turn is the mechanic but the thing is the turn system the system of turns is actually being overlaid onto an action and because you do the action that makes it seem like and we even say this when we're talking about it like you know now you take your turn but when you look at particular kinds of games where that gets expanded especially car card games are a good example of this so like you know one turn often involves three separate actions so like you know the, the most basic card game is draw a card 
play a card, discard a card. So that's three actions, all of which are independent of each other, um, not all of which you have to do necessarily. If the game requires you through its rule set, you may have to draw and you may have to discard. But the thing is, those aren't required. But even so, if all three are required, one turn actually constitutes three independent actions. And so then the turn can't be the actions. The turn has to be something else. And so that's what we're going to look at. So Lauren, what, what, it, what is turn? What is turn? <laughs> what is turn? So I think what's interesting to me is that turn quite literally represents the system of taking actions like you're talking about. Yeah. So for me, I define a turn as a set or series of required and optional actions that a player takes in order to move the game forward. Yeah. That's really it. And that definition isn't written down anywhere. And maybe I'll re, re, re when we listen to this recording later as editors, <laughs> we'll, I'll write that down. But the turn needs to be encapsulated as such, whether you're playing a board game, a card game, pen and paper, um, tabletop, pen and paper, table, yeah, tabletop yeah. gaming, when you're, yeah. when you're doing tabletop gaming, because unlike software, right? You human, if you stop playing the game, like you walk up from Monopoly and you leave, like the game is paused. Yeah. Because you're away from the board. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And it's really important that if someone is taking too long, right, on a turn, yeah. right, and or too long taking a series of actions, right, someone else is now prevented from doing that. And so I know that Nicholas is wanting to talk a lot about the social aspect of tabletop gaming as well. Yeah. But you can see that now that already is creating social gameplay because. Yeah. I can look at someone that's a human physically in front of me, or if you're playing tabletop simulator, you know, on discord, um, and you're going, Hey, Hey, you're taking too long for your turn. Like you can give them feedback. Yeah. And so the turn just encapsulates all the actions that you need to take. And by taking multiple and multiple turns, right. You can create rounds. Yeah. Right. So that means that this system creates a larger system of rounds. And so I was just playing a great board game called brew which is an area of control game and like a potion making game. Yeah. I've played brew before. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I, I never played it before. Have, so yeah. But our, yeah. Uh, yeah, our listeners may not have. I, I, um, I always say we started the podcast cause we were just talking to each other, like basically <laughs> just like this on Zoom. Yeah, pretty much. And yeah. we were like, Oh, we should record ourselves. And thus here for Dashi is born. And so it's like, oh, I've played it. Oh, right. But our listeners oh, yeah. haven't. Yeah, I'm like, yeah yeah yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. We are recording I forgot about the people and... out there who have to listen to us. <laughs> yeah, no. No, we never forget about you guys. Don't we worry. We love you guys. Yeah. We, we do. We love all of you. And I think that for me, when you look at a turns and you look at rounds, rounds cannot exist without turns because yeah. rounds are a system that encapsulates a system, right? It's like yeah. a meta system. So yeah. So what... And a meta just means a system that encapsulates other systems. So one of the one of the things that Lauren is talking about is the the way in which sort of like your what's a good way to say this like your responsibility okay actually I got it I got it I figured it out I haven't figured everything out but here's a point so one of the fundamental differences between um, a tabletop game and a video game is that the video game implements the rule set for you so in other words you know it's 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 automated whereas with a tabletop game you as a human being and the other human beings that you're playing with you are responsible for implementing the rule set yourselves so that like sort of like game that primary game function has now been put on you that's why it's social and that's what Lauren was just saying 
But the thing is, so then when you're talking about sort of like around, around is a collection of term of turns. It's an assembly of turns. And so like if you have five people playing, one round will involve five turns because each person takes one turn. But and then the thing is, but the turn itself is already like a subdivision itself, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So you have, you know, turtles all the way down. But the difference here is that like the reason why people get irritated if you don't do the thing that you're supposed to do is because there is an there's an aspect of responsibility there because you are implementing the rule set yourselves. If you as one of the players don't do what you're supposed to do, don't take responsibility for your actions in game, it ruins the rest of the game, whereas that responsibility is taken away from you in a video game. I'm not yep. saying that's a good or a bad thing. I'm just saying it's a, it's a reality of how video games function. And it's one of the reasons why I have said in the past that there is a fundamentally sort of antisocial aspect. I'm not trying to say that that makes video games bad. I'm saying it's removed the rule set from the social function it has in tabletop games. That's it. And I think what's really interesting for me when I look at like the antisocial areas of video games, right? Where it removes you from the rule set. There can also be an enhanced social interaction yeah. in that since you don't have to worry about say the rules of tag, right? <laughs> yeah. Like I know that's not, it's silly, but like no, you don't it's have not to, silly. It's, it's important. You, they're very simple, right? You yeah. don't have to worry about the rules of tag, but you can just start playing tag. And if you ever break those rules, someone, right? The video game software goes, Hey, you, uh, you weren't it. You can't just tag people. You can't use that maneuver. Stop it. And someone, yeah. right, or more likely, right, the rule set of the video game software prevents you from doing that. You know, yeah. you see that even in Fall Guys, where you as have a mechanic of pushing and pulling people, but then the world, right, drops a platform on you and suddenly you pushed someone, but then they pulled you and now you're both just falling, yeah. right? And you're like, oh man, I, I've been beaten by the game. <laughs> um, but, you know, you were also beaten by yourself because of an action that you took, right? Yeah. And I think that when you look at board games, however, or or rather like, in lieu of all of that, right? Like the board game itself does have a rule set, but yeah. the responsibility is way greater on you to either conform or to accept that rule set. And this is especially true in Dungeons and Dragons. Or break where, it. Huh? Or break it. I mean, because the thing is- Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, because in Dungeon, Dungeons and Dragons is a good example. Like people homebrew things all the time precisely because- they just either don't like, you know, what Wizards of the Coast has decided is a rule in the game, or it makes it easier to implement in certain ways. So they just have their own rules. I mean, it's still a rule because they still obey it, but they're sort of, they're technically breaking the rule set that has been handed to them. Yeah, exactly. And I think that it's, it's the breaking of that rule set that actually makes it for a better game, yeah. right? So let's kind of look into that because when you go into making a tabletop game, you're making a rule set somewhat, honestly, that is meant to be broken. It's a parlay. You know, it's more like guidelines, really. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and you're making something that's meant to be understood so that your tutorial or your, your guidebook, right, has to be very, very specific to everything that you can do. Yeah. And if you're designing a tabletop game versus designing a video game, you don't have the constraints of... Yeah of a video game where you can just kind of fiat like, oh, well, the engineer will take care of that. Oh, well, yeah, the animation right. is X seconds long, so I don't have to worry about how fast it takes to kill this enemy. Yeah. Like the animator will do my, I just realized that the that, that put the combat design into the animator's hands, but hey, it has <laughs> happened. So, which is fine if, if the, the animator wants that responsibility. Yeah, sure, why not? Sure, why not? <laughs> but, but it's those types of like discussions, right? That you can kind of like start saying, realize, right? It's not my job, it's not my job. But you yeah. have a lot of game designers making board games because that's 
actually a, a game. And I, I hate saying it like that, but it is a physical game. It's a complete representation of a game. Yeah. Right. And you can't get away with just saying down the line, you know, oh, I can pass that buck to someone else. You, you yeah, can't yeah. do that. Right. Like the art of a tabletop game isn't going to make the gameplay better. Like even if it looks yeah. really pretty, right? Yeah. Now, even if you, if you weave in art as a mechanic, right? You drawing like, um, what is it? Pick picto that picta game where you have to draw and you have to show somebody pictomania, pictograph. I, it's like I, picture charade, picture charades. You know? Oh my gosh! Well, it's like a draw. <laughs> it's, it's called yeah, drawful on the I, Jackbox Party Pack. Pictionary. Pictionary. Is Thank you. Okay. Is the game. I, I couldn't think of the title. I was like, uh, anyway, but like, that's about. what I'm saying. Unless art yeah. and drawing is a mechanic. Well, now the art, right. That's hilarious. Or maybe yeah. someone you're like, wow, you're a secretly really good artist in like 30 seconds. Yeah. Um, like that's where right now you can kind of, you can say that, but it's all, it's all about designing that game experience. So Nicholas, I am curious, right. When you, yeah. you play a lot of tabletop games and I play I do, a lot yeah. of tabletop games and you do too. And without, Going straight into Dungeons and Dragons, right? Yeah, because we always use that as an example. Because we always use that as an example. That's why I'm like, without doing that, how would yeah. you go about right defining the rule set that makes like the meta rule set, right? Yeah. So that every player has like these equal actions that they're able to take and then create yeah. right unequal outcomes. Because that's what tabletop gaming is. Okay, so so the idea so if we're going to get philosophical for, for a second about what a turn is. A turn is fundamentally something that is a social construct that we teach generally at a very early age. And it's about, how should I put this? It's kind of like a, an implementation of equity. It's this idea, you know, like literally, you know, when you're, when you're at a playground and when you're a little kid, I mean, I know, I know this because, I mean, everybody should know this because they were children themselves at some point. There's this basic idea that like, you know, there's this one piece of equipment at the playground that all of the kids want to use, but only one person can use it as a at a time. So you have to take your turn. Why do you take your turn? Because the idea is that there is this thing that is publicly available, but because it is in the commons, you have to share it. And in order to share it, there is an implicit social order that you as even as a tiny little baby can implement because you understand you see that i want to use this thing and you know either you're like your parents or you're your guardians or your aunt uncle grand whatever whoever's taking care of you in that moment says like you know oh no little bobby you have to wait your turn let them go first and so you as the the adult are showing this younger person that the turn is not necessarily this like metaphysical concept but is actually fundamental to your material reality it's like we all want to use this thing and in order for it to be fair in order for it to be socially equitable we have to take turns and then once that person has had a turn then it creates a, the availability for me again so there's this idea that like i can use it i can use this one thing a lot if i want but it has to be done within a particular like social context and a social rule set. And that's where we learn that. And so when it gets implemented into a game, be it like, I don't know, like, I don't know, playing tag or like dodgeball or like playing a tabletop game, we, we already have that built into us. Like the social order, the society that we exist in has taught us, hopefully, <laughs> if it is a well-ordered society. Well, I, I would say it's not just societal. It's also, it's kind of like, there's that, human universal quality of what a turn is right yeah. it's like wait and be patient and you kind of get that 
as a human, right? If we're gonna if we're taking that abstraction for it, because I think that when it comes to making the experience, knowing that you have the innate, like you know how to take your turn. Yes. You're you're kind of I think you're born with that, right? I think it's nature. No, I don't think I I don't hard disagree. You can totally hard disagree (laughs) because for me, I believe that like naturally when you want something and you don't immediately get it like as a baby, like you already are learning that you have to wait. Now, while it's you could say a learned behavior because our instinct is to just take that nature gave you as a human the ability to cognizantly create those patterns together. And this is because I did just did a lot of infant research about how infants actually know the concept of math yeah. by like three months of being born or something crazy like that. Ah, I, I, see, was, I see you've read Plato's Mino. <laughs> I have all, yes, I also have read Plato's <laughs> Mino. Anyway, so uh, point being, it's just that whether it's learned, it's a while, while it is a learned behavior, right? Yeah. I think that is natively within us, right? That's important. But I also think that the construct of our, of our human society, right? This isn't just like an American society or, yeah, or a yeah, Mexican yeah. society, right? Our human society yeah. is that fundamentally every rule set that you are creating for a tabletop game will have an aspect of turns because there are humans involved. Yes. Or the game itself could take a turn, right? Like, hey, set up the board, for example, is like the first step when you have a tabletop game, right? Yeah. Is like the setup. And Tabletop Simulator has been great because it does that step for you, Yeah. right? But it doesn't take your turns for you. No. Right? You can't just aut- press an automate button because then you're watching an AI, right? Do the rule set. And then you can't go, oh, does this card, what does the card mean in this societal context, right? Like if you're playing, um, you know, Betrayal on the House of the Hill, which is a game about basically going into a haunted house and Scooby-Dooing it until you realize one of your Scooby-Doo companions is a betrayer. Yeah. Right. Or may not be in the rules, like who knows, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I think that that's kind of important is like in designing that. So turns are fundamental to us, Nicholas, right? As humans, but more... more concretely, mm-hmm. right? Turns when you're making a video, a uh, video game, well, whether you're making a video game, but when you're making a board game specifically is all about how you measure. I think the, like the concept of that turn, how much you can do within that turn. Yeah. I mean, for, yeah. So one of the things that we're going to have to talk about in the future is the, the notion of the action economy, the idea that like sort of the way in which like turns create a sort of limitation on like how many actions you can do at particular intervals. Um, and this applies to video games as well, because even even if it's not turn based, there are still time limitations on actions that you can take. Like, well, it's not you- just time limitations. I think it's also more buttons. Like, you don't have enough yeah. buttons on the controller for the actions you want to give the player. So, what yeah. is your action economy like? We actually use yeah. that all the time in the real video game dev world, people. So, just so you're aware that what Nicholas is when Nicholas goes into if we're looking at it philosophically, what he really means is if you know we were sitting at work like back in the olden days when you could sit at a table with people at work, like people absolutely would be like, what is the action economy of our turn system in a practical space? So I do want you guys to realize that that we're okay, when we get all yeah. I might need to be a little of- bit more precise then. I, I didn't mean philosophically. I meant ethically. No, you meant um, yeah. I, yeah, I so knew the, what you meant. So yeah. so there, there there's an ethical component to this and. The reason why I think it's important to examine the ethical component is because so a turn imposes a constraint upon you. I mean, we agree that like it's a limitation, like you are you have a limited set of things that you can do within a given turn. But the question 
that we're asking why does it impose that limitation is because if you as an individual playing a game with several other people were allowed unlimited actions within a given turn while everyone else had a limited set of actions, that would be considered fundamentally unfair. And that is where like the unfairness of actions within a game come from. That's why certain things are considered cheating. They're cheating not just because, because you're giving yourself more of something, you're giving yourself an advantage that other people do not have. And if other people had those similar affordances within like the, the ordinary rule set of the game, it wouldn't feel unfair precisely because everybody gets to do it. And so that limitation and its relationship to sort of the sense of fairness, that to me fundamentally goes back. And this is why I, I see what you're saying, Lauren, because the thing is, you're right. There is a way in which like, you know, the human brain is wired to learn and understand certain behaviors. The, the problem with how that works, like both neurophysiologically and just psychologically, is that it's, it's a tendency. It's a predisposition. And so the thing is, those things aren't really, they don't come into the four until they're activated by social circumstances. Um, so, and so th this is why I think it's important that like the, the, the social aspect of it really for me is more fundamental because the thing is, if you go back to that Ur setting of the kid at like the slide who wants to like keep going down the slide over and over and over again, you actually see that all the time. You see kids who want to like budge in line and skip in front of people and will literally like shove other kids out of the way, not because they're being mean about it, not because they hate that kid, but because they have a, a desire to do this thing over and over and over again, because it gives them pleasure, it gives them, it's fun, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And they will override certain social codes in order to get that sense of satisfaction. So, so that's where I think I want to like really dive into for the last talk about this when we're looking at tabletop gaming and the notion of turns, right? Because for yeah. me, when you design any sort of experience, there are turns that happen, whether yeah. it's, you know, a call of duty war zone level, right? And honestly, in a PVP match, there's that inherent social nature of a player versus player environment, yeah. because that translates very well from board games, which is player usually right? Player versus player, or even if it is a cooperative board game, it's still kind of, you're working together, right? Like yeah. to, to achieve something. And the first board games were player versus player. I mean, Monopoly, Scrabble, right? Yeah. Because there's an inherent social aspect to it. And yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, so going way, way, way back in time, but the, there are, I mean, way, way, way back in time, we can go to tic-tac-toe player versus player. Or like set or, or, or like set or set. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a game like set is, yeah, their player versus player. You're right. No, Sorry. yeah, yeah, yeah. I was I, like, I look, well, let's go back in time to the let's... recent memory of our youth. Monopoly <laughs> let's go, still Let's exists. go back to the middle kingdom of ancient Egypt and talk about a game called set. Literally played on an actual board, like a wooden board. I don't know the rules of set. Is that why it was called a board game? Because we all used to play on wooden boards. That's I great. Think, I don't know. Maybe. No, but honestly, probably. probably yeah. yeah. I mean, like you get a barrel and a wooden board and it's a board game. Roll the dice, right? Yeah, well, like, like, well, like when you learn to play like Mancala as a kid, it has a literal. No, Mancala. Yeah, 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 yeah. I love Mancala. Yeah. Okay. All of this <laughs> All being right, said, bring, everybody bring it bringing yeah. it back. Um, I think what's the most important aspect to recognize from turns that we've learned today is that turns are a social construct, or rather yeah. that turns are required when the overall social construct of a situation means that equity, right? must be yeah. maintained. Yeah. And I, where the game comes into play is that even within equal circumstances, your skill as an individual and as a player 
creates an unequal outcome. Yes. That's very, very important for me to under, to, to teach you, I guess, here in this Furudashi episode yeah. is that when you design a game, every player starts at an equal footing. And that's why I'm going to continuously high harp on people. If you've never designed a tabletop game, even if it's really dumb and for yourself and it's like the fight of sticky notes versus paper clips, like <laughs> quite literally, you can learn so much from designing a board game within three hours that I think is fundamentally more valuable than being an Unreal editor for three hours trying to just like follow a YouTube tutorial. Well, because oftentimes with Unreal Ed- with, with Unreal Engine, you're just trying to figure out where it is. In the exactly. You're trying to learn the tool, but you're not actually yeah. learning the skill. Right. And I think that those yes. are two yes, very yes. valuable things. Right. They're yeah. very different. Right. Anyone exactly, can teach yeah. you the tool. That's why there's YouTube. Right. Yeah. Um, well, not anyone can teach you it well, but those point points <laughs> aside. Okay. Um, but not everyone like teaches you skill. You, you don't really teach skill. You learn skill. And how do you learn yeah. and practice the skill? You do it by doing. And so for me, yeah. oh no, you were going to make actually, a point there, well, not because, because I think that this is sort of like, we're coming to a point and something that I want to maybe culminate on is this idea that like, so you know, when you when you sit down to play a board, a new board game for the very first time, especially with like, you know, the huge like outgrowth um, so-called European style board games, like oftentimes you spend the first play session just figuring out the rules, like reading through the instructions and so forth. But I remember like my experience as a kid learning to play games, especially with other people, we rarely read the rules. You usually learned the rule set through playing it with people who have played it before. And then if you screw something up or if you don't understand something, you rely on other people and their knowledge. And so the thing is like, then the board game is actually showing you that that same like or situation with like the kid at the slide. You're, you're not learning, like you don't hand the kid a, a rule sheet and say like, you know, these are the rules of the slide. You learn the rules of the slide through interacting with the social situation. And that's really what is very important about tabletop games for me, especially, is that like when they go really well, it's about, it's less about like perfect implementation of the rule set and more about using that framework as a means to sort of get people involved. And so then the turn is important because the turn says to the new person, it's like, hey, I just did a thing. You saw what I did in my turn. Now you were given an opportunity. So on the one hand, you can think of a turn as a restraint, a limit, you know, action economy, all that stuff. But it's also an opportunity. It's also saying like, now it's your turn. Now, like now you can go. Now you have this now you have all the choices available to you. I mean, you know, obviously within the limits of the game. Yeah. And for those of you listening, you know, for the first time or the bajillionth time, but who have really are really re-repeating Nicholas's words, going back and listening to them again, I want you to realize that what he's talking about here is not just something you do in tabletop gaming when you take your turn. It's the exact same reason why streaming in Twitch and in YouTube has taken off because watching other people play their turn, whether it's in a shooter or a single player or an MMO or in a raid is them, you as the player realizing how and recognizing how you can be better. Yeah. And the tabletop gaming and designing tabletop games enables you to see that really well laid out. Yeah. That you can actually take into your own work. And so I think actually with that, we're probably going to end this 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 first episode if you want to 
uh, follow us on Patreon, patreon.com forward slash footydashi. Um, we'll be getting more into specific types of tabletop games in our in our pay episode. But for now, um, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we are at footydashi pod. Um, Lauren is also on Twitter um, at the Lauren Ash. I am on Twitter as well, believe it or not, at Woo! Academicality. Um, please, like, if you listen to the episode and you're furious and you think we're dumb and stupid, come tell us. Also, if you think we're great and fantastic and lovely and really just beautiful human beings, tell us that more because both of us could really use it at this point in our lives. Um, and we hope to see you there. Bye.